The restaurant industry has been fighting for survival over the last two years, and our greatest resource in this fight has been our people. The men and women who have poured, served, seated, greeted, and worked tirelessly to keep our industry going. Yelp for Restaurants believes now is the perfect time to recognize their efforts and give back to those that have given us so much with the creation of The Servies, a first-of-its-kind set of awards celebrating front-of-house workers. Winners receive a beautifully designed Servies trophy, a free pair of snib shoes, and a $3,000 tip. That's right. $3,000 in their pocket. Know someone deserving of a service award? Maybe they work at your restaurant. Visit theservies.com today and nominate them for a chance to win. Let's support the service industry together. Do so by nominating someone today. No purchase necessary. Must be 18 or older and a U.S. resident. Eight nominated contest winners will receive a prize of $3,000. Nominations must be submitted between August 3rd, 2022 and August 24th, 2022. See official rules available at theservies.com. Now here we go. I mean, we all have a story, Josh, that we've gone to a great steakhouse and only to have an anticlimactic moment at the end of that meal with a horrible coffee, which I like to talk to and share all the time with restaurant owners. We've forgotten how important it is the last taste experience our patrons have. Welcome to Full Comp a show offering insight into the hospitality industry, featuring restaurateurs, thought leaders, and innovators. Served up on the house. How much money could a great coffee program bring in? $50,000? $100,000 a year? Is that even worth it? Today we chat with Emilio Cervantes of Fuente Coffee, a beverage entrepreneur who has helped restaurant owners and operators scale their coffee programs to $250,000, $500,000, even $750,000. Today we discuss marketing, brand strategy, messaging, and salesmanship to help you weaponize your coffee program. Yeah, so actually my background has been engineering support, did that for about 15 years in private and public civil works projects in Southern California. I've been married 25 years, just had a 25th year anniversary. I feel like I've been married to five different uh, women during that time. <laughs> my wife would probably say the same thing towards me. But uh, 25 years married, but horrible at family planning. We have three children. One's going to be 22 years at the end of this month. Then I have a 17-year-old and I have a six-year-old. So it's a big difference between the 17-year-old and the six-year-old. So about six years ago, I don't know if it was a midlife crisis, but I said, you know, I want to do something that at least for me was a little bit more meaningful. And I started to travel to origin a lot of coffee farms all over Central South America and Africa and did that for a whole year and kind of uh, getting a grasp of what that industry was. And one day I booked a flight to Medellin, Colombia, and my family was like, where are you going? I said, well, I'm going to go meet my future business partner. And I didn't have a clue who that person might be. Right before that, there was like this whole series on Netflix on Narcos. I had just watched the first series. <laughs> so I can tell you like all the thoughts I had from LAX to Medellin were absolutely horrible. But it was a step of faith, actually, to just jump on a plane with really no agenda, no contacts, 
And about two days later, I met my business partner there. And the rest is history. That's how I got into coffee, actually. Internally, I'm wondering what the motivation was. Were you always into coffee? I don't know what that would be called, like a coffee file, like somebody that was super passionate. You were roasting your own beans at home. Like, why coffee? Yeah, no, actually, I didn't have any experience with coffee. My experience with coffee was drinking uh, Yubon uh, brand at 3.34 in the morning with construction crews. It basically looks like an oil change. That'll put a whole bunch of cream and sugars in it. But I think I had a moment of conversion. Once I had a great cup of coffee, and when I, somebody explained to me that it was specialty coffee, for me, I think I got the specialty coffee bug from that moment on. It's really strange. I talked to a lot of people in the industry, in my industry, and a lot of them come from big, different backgrounds, and they had something very similar. But once they got that coffee bug, it was over. The name of the company is Fuente Coffee. Why Fuente Coffee? So Fuente actually has two meanings in Spanish. It means uh, a fountain that you will see a lot into like these little nice Spanish plazas in Central South America. La Fuente there, right? But it also means the source. And so in my travels that I did a lot with the farms, I did a lot of, uh, built a lot of relationships there. And I knew the biggest value that I could bring to the industry was farm direct coffee, right? Because we're talking about supply chains that span thousands and thousands of miles across the globe. And you need partners that you could trust from far away in different time zones. So Fuente means the source. So we pride ourselves in being farm direct. Did you have a clear vision for what success looked like when you were starting out? So I, without having any prior experience in coffee, I really didn't. But I knew that this great coffee or specialty coffee had to go to the masses, right? So that was clear from the get-go as far as what we wanted to do. And, you know, there's a saying that go as far as you can see. And when you get there, you'll see further. And so in the last six years, yes, we've walked this walk and gone this journey. Every single step has allowed us to see further and further. And with that, the whole landscape and what's being done right, what's not being done right, etc. But I think successfully, what we would consider something that is successful is seeing our industry, particularly restaurant industry and owners and chefs really get this coffee bug in them because the masses are getting this coffee bug, right? There's a huge demand on specialty coffee, right? Like nobody's lining up to 7-Eleven convenience gas station, right, <laughs> to get coffee. It's this specialty coffee that people are really enamored with. Because once you had a good cup of coffee, you're not going back to a quote, like I like to say, crappy coffee, right? You've used the phrase specialty coffee multiple times through this conversation. Define that for me, because it means something specifically, right? Right. Let me clarify what is not specialty coffee. So specialty coffee, it's not your espresso, it's not your latte, your cappuccino, your mocha, your Americano. Those are specialty drinks, right? So it's not the actual steamed milk or the creams and sugars or the syrups. Specialty coffee is designated at origin at the farms. Essentially, it's using the higher crop and the quality, the higher quality crop at harvest and then taking those high-quality beans into specialty coffee processes. And so it starts at the farms and not necessarily when you're serving it and you're doing all these little fancy drinks with it. 
So specialty coffee actually has to do with the bean more than it has to do with anything else. Coming from a place of ignorance, like you talk about how this is single origin, this is coming specifically from a farm. What does the other side of that coin look like? So right. if it's not coming specifically from a farm, what route does it take? Well, I mean, it's my experience with coffee is with just drinking conventional coffee, right? And I can tell you, like, from my roots in Latin America or even my Mexican heritage, we're very familiar with café con leche, right? It's, it's coffee with milk. And part of that reason is because all of the great coffee was exported out of the country. And nationally, we just consumed everything that was rejected at the dry mill operations that couldn't be exported. And so that coffee, conventional coffee or commodity coffee, you can't drink it black. <laughs> so our, our abuelitos, abuelitas, grandpa, grandma, right? Well, they still wanted coffee. So there goes the milk, there goes the sugar, or in some places, cafe de olla with different things put into it. But the reality is that conventional coffee, which is really what's mostly out there. I mean, we all have a story, Josh, that we've gone to a great steakhouse and only to have an anticlimactic moment at the end of that meal with horrible coffee, which I like to talk to and share all the time with restaurant owners. We've forgotten how important it is the last taste experience our patrons have. So on the conventional side of things, you mentioned single origin. So one thing is to say, yeah, well, you know, this coffee is Colombian. All right, right. That's conventional coffee. That's commodity coffee. We could say that all, all day long. Another thing to say, this is Colombian coffee that was grown at 1,700 meters above sea level in the department of Antioquia Salgar, two hours away from Medellin, under four different microclimates. It is a Toby cultivar that was manually harvested back in December 2021. And it has notes of baker's chocolate, mandarin, cherry, etc. That's a whole different thing that I was talking about. And that's what's actually the demand that is right now currently in the market. And that is actually knocking at people's doors. It's like a good missionary once said here in the U.S. Hey, we don't have to go to do missionary work around the world when the nations have come to the U.S. You could talk to so many people, so many cultures and backgrounds, et cetera, right here. So in this case, for the restaurant industry, guess what, boys and girls? The demand has hit your door because specialty coffee is no longer at the specialty coffee shops, those consumers. They say about two out of five Americans are drinking specialty coffee three times a day. I would argue that it's three out of five Americans drinking coffee three times a day. And they're no longer at the shops. They're at the restaurants. They're at the university. They're at church service on Sunday morning. They're at your breakfast joint. They are at your high-end steakhouse, right? So a good cup of coffee can set the mood, Josh, right? In the morning, they, this brunch is going to be phenomenal. And uh, it all could also set it off for the wrong reasons. And there's something peculiar with the behavior of consumers nowadays. Just like the pandemic has changed so many consumer behaviors where everybody had to pivot to do a lot more takeouts and do more private dinings, et cetera. People are now going to places and say, well, I like the breakfast, but I don't like the coffee here. So I'm going to drive a mile away from here to the little specialty coffee shop in the neighborhood and get that there. Right. So, you know, we talk about conventional coffee. There's nothing sexy about it. <laughs>
<laughs> Nobody's going after that. The reason that we're having this conversation today is because when you came to me initially, it wasn't to talk about Fuente Coffee. It was to talk about coffee in general. It was to talk about the missed opportunities that exist within restaurants and bars, for that matter, when it comes to specialty coffee. I think that one of the hurdles for all of us, frankly, is that we're busy, right? And we're trying to do the best we can with everything we have. And water's easy, right? Because you can just buy it bottled. And our beverage programs have evolved so greatly over the last 10 years. I mean, that's a culinary operation in and of itself. And then you've got the food and the customers and these labor shortages and all of these things going on simultaneously. And coffee has always, by and large, and I'm only speaking for myself as a restaurateur, seemed like a pain in the ass. Seemed like it was going to be shitty no matter what, unless I bought this big machine and spent five minutes creating this masterful cup of coffee. The whole team has to be retrained on how to make flowers and smiley faces in the cups. It seemed honestly overwhelming. And the concern was always, what if there's no ROI? What if we bring in all of this equipment? What if we go through all of this training and it doesn't move the needle? But you have a very different perspective on that. Yeah, I think too. I mean, you actually probably coined this phrase beautifully for us, where we're actually weaponized in coffee. And so when we talk about the simplicity that specialty coffee has nothing to do with the specialty drinks, the little flowers, like you mentioned, or the little latte arts but it actually has to do with the bean itself. So on the first step, it's a really switch of the bean, of the product in itself right off the bat. I think phenomenally, the specialty coffee industry did a great job to kind of push forward this product to the masses. But I think the tipping point now is that there's so much now people drinking specialty coffee that they're everywhere and that demand is existing. I also feel that the way the industry for the last 50 years, at least for coffee food service companies, it was a different era, I surmise, right? It's kind of this whole large industrial roasting operations looking to fulfill the on-to-go needs of the baby boomers, right? And so that's what they focused on. Hey, just give me coffee. I don't care. I'm going to massively roast that, get it out there. And for them to have literally millions and millions of dollars of infrastructure built into that, they're not going to pivot away to do specialty coffee. In other words, again, going back to that raw material. And because of that, they haven't brought anything innovative to the market. They haven't brought anything innovative to help restaurant owners and chefs to actually pivot and capture an existing, you know, and facilitate that demand and meet that demand. And so that's what kind of brought us into the foray of the market and say, we need to do something about this. We need to bring education to the guys and say, hey, this is actually simple. It's not complicated because if you look at these multi-million dollar specialty coffee brands across the country, they're run by part-time you know, uh, workers most of the time between the age of 18 and 22. So at the end of the day, I like to tell people, I sell coffee, I deliver coffee, and I collect money, right? And the same thing could be said at the restaurant level. We sell coffee, we serve coffee, and we collect the money at the end of the service. So we're keeping it very simple because at the end of the day, it is very simple in that regard. There's also a great incentive right now that owners are looking to capture this revenues. 
because we've actually seen and had conversation with owners that said, look, my coffee sales have actually tanked. We, we talked to someone actually last week. They were doing about 200 pounds a month in coffee. They're doing 100 pounds a month in coffee now. The guy is thinking that, well, you know, my prices need to be lowered. So he's like at literally at almost $2 a cup, right? Extremely low. And the reason that he's not selling is because he's selling conventional coffee. It might have worked for him 15 years ago, 20 years ago back, but it's not what it is today, right? And so what he's left on the table every single month is costing him about that 100 pounds that he's no longer selling is reflecting about $10,000 a month in revenue. So on that one beverage alone, he's losing about $120,000 a year, right? And it's only because he's losing all of these sales. And so when there's an incentive, at least for him, to either recapture it and make better, he'll need to do what he needs to do to get that. But when it comes to actually executing coffee, it's coffee at the end of the day. Let's talk about that. So first, I want to talk high level because... One of the things that attracted me to you initially is that you're not just a purveyor, you're a strategic partner. You want to work to make sure that you're not only selling the coffee to the restaurants, but that the restaurants are in turn able to sell the coffee effectively to customers. And you've adopted this philosophy around a technical presentation of coffee. Can you define that for me? That's right. I think it comes from my background of working with actually engineers and be able to talk on the technical side of coffee. When you're looking at a serious coffee program, I mean, we're working with some clients today that per location, Josh, they're doing about three hundred and eighty to four hundred thousand dollars just on one beverage sale alone. Coffee is a major profit center when it's run correctly within a place. Now, another, I mean, when we talk to most people, they're massively underperforming when it comes to coffee. They're doing about I would say anywhere from thirty-five to sixty thousand dollars a year just on coffee. I want to tell you that's absolutely horrible. Both numbers. There's massive returns on beverage, as we know, in the restaurant industry, and coffee does not stay back. I mean, coffee is usually anywhere from nine, ten x to twelve to fifteen uh, x when you're actually even doing an espresso program, right? So when we treat coffee as it should be treated with the level that it's a high profit center within a one location restaurant, right? We have to bring professional grade training, professional grade education and development so that people can capture a quarter of a million profit center at a minimum at their place, right? So we want to give it that. And so we created this technical presentation, specialty coffee versus conventional coffee, where we cover what specialty coffee is, what it's not. We look at the supply chain. We talk about innovative coffee concepts. And we also talk about steps that we could do today to be able to pivot and actually meet the demand. In those locations that are doing hundreds of thousands of dollars in coffee sales, what are they doing differently? What did you bring to the table and how did they innovate to hit those kind of numbers? Because those numbers are exceptional. They're absolutely exceptional. And the thing is because they're treating coffee as so serious business. I mean, when you look at the neighborhood and you look at specialty coffee roasters that they tend to their stores, 
they're constantly open new stores because not it's because they have an ego trip to go out and build more stores because they know that there's a demand that if they just open a store, they're going to start getting revenues in there. The thing is with restaurant owners and chefs, chefs on one hand have been tolerating bad coffee for a while. Owners, on the second hand, they're like, I don't know what this is. It looks goofy. I don't believe in this, et cetera, et cetera. But when they actually start looking at the numbers of what they represent, they start putting their entrepreneurship, they start putting their ideas behind it. They start to actually promote their coffee. They start to promote it on social media. They promote it as people walk in because they're proud of that specialty coffee that they're drinking. That coffee sells itself. It's when you're selling conventional commodity coffee that you shy away from that. I mean, I have clients that right now are actually raising prices on their coffee and nobody bats an eye because of the high quality that is associated with specialty coffee, the traceability of that product. But do the same on conventional coffee. Everybody will start screaming or at the very least not even start ordering. I think the way the difference is that you have a group of restaurateurs that in addition to everything that they're doing at Profit Center per location, they understand that coffee yields a lot for them. And when they just give it, at least when we're talking about specialty coffee, you cannot do this with conventional coffee. You can't put the creams and sugars and try to change people because you can't mask. We have a saying, good coffee doesn't require sugar and bad coffee don't deserve it, right? So Mm -hmm. the idea here is, Treat specialty coffee as a serious business, and you're going to get a serious business out of it. So let's model out a case study. Let's say I own and operate a restaurant. I'm in fine dining. I'm open lunch and dinner. It's a high-end bistro. I'm serving terrible coffee today. You and I have had a couple of conversations. I've decided to bring in Fuente Coffee. Well, what does that process look like? And ultimately... How will that process translate to increased sales? If you could walk me through step-by-step what it looks like in action. Sure. So now that we established that specialty coffee has that value proposition to actually give that care, now we're going to take a consultative approach to your restaurant. Like, let's look at that space that where you have your current equipment now. Are you over-equipped or under-equipped? Let's get you the right equipment, Right. Also, let's help you develop some menu options there. You might want to go down an espresso program because somebody wants an espresso, somebody wants a latte, et cetera. These are all very high generating you know, volumes. And then let's train your folks. And this is not that we actually are training every single server there because if you're running a quarter of a million, like you said, a very lucrative profit center, you wouldn't give somebody that you're buying fancy steaks from Japan just to anybody that could flip a carne asada on the weekend, you know, somebody's quinceañera, right? You're going to have somebody that's going to have that care. So we bring in that consultative approach. We help them on the equipment if they need to. We train their folks if they need to. But then there's some ongoing support because their success is our success. The difference between us, what Fuente and our brand is that unlike big, large industrial roasters that once in a while dabble into specialty coffee, we do it 100% of the time. And unlike specialty coffee roasters in the neighborhood, we are a neutral brand. Nobody ever needs to know about Fuente. We are here to support and uplift other brands. And so when other brands are more successful, but we're the magic inside of that, 
we're being successful on that and the owners know that. So this rotational product and the lifetime value of our clients becomes absolutely phenomenal. And it's a brilliant, brilliant result, right? When you look at it that way. So the process on our end is we make it super easy, but we take it from a consultative approach because your concept, for example, might be so different from somebody, right? Somebody else might have a different concept. Is the equipment required prohibitively expensive? So I wouldn't say prohibitively expensive. Again, if you're doing just drip coffee, right? If you're just a breakfast joint and you're just serving drip coffee all day long, get away from conventional and commodity coffee, right? Save yourself some money on reordering a bunch of creams and sugars. Switch the bean out. It's the same equipment. You don't have to do anything else. On the espresso side, think about it. You're actually preparing anywhere from 5 to $8 drinks. So we have some clients that do, at like a very minimum on espresso, ungodly numbers <laughs> when it comes to revenues because the spread is just so big. And so when we look at an espresso machine, most of the time, that machine is getting paid back within 90 days of that espresso program being launched. Wow. Right. And so this is the things that restaurant owners do not know. They're not aware of this. There's like this boogeyman out there and they're thinking, well, man, I have my concept. I don't want to look like a specialty coffee shop. You don't have to, not even remotely. You don't even have to hire a barista or any of those things. Why would you focus so heavily on the hospitality industry? There are all of these brands out there, especially in coffee, going direct to consumer and doing really, really well with it. Why would you choose to engage with chefs and restaurateurs to get the word out? I think I've kind of loved the idea of working with professionals. And I look at restaurateurs, I look at chefs, professional grade, right? And I think it's the most underserved segment in our industry, but the one that has the biggest impact. I mean, the amount of revenue and economy that restaurateurs have a direct impact in the California economy is huge. And yet, I would venture to say that nine out of 10 restaurants are serving inferior conventional coffee. And I don't think they're doing it out of like will or ill intent, right? Like consumers, yeah, they have their options. Go at it. Everybody's like, and I think we've just become one of so many others. But I think we're doing our biggest impact to the industry by working and deciding to work from the get-go with chefs and restaurant owners, which now we engage culinary arts schools directly with our professional development presentations, working with the California Restaurant Associations and others. And that is passion, right? To be part of a community and to uplift it. I mean, right now, I would say nine out of 10 owners that approach us, they're like, Emilio, we want to increase our ticket sales. And we know that coffee is one of the places to go, right? Because if I'm serving great coffee, and there's four free on my table. I just added another $16 to that ticket sale right there, just right off the bat, right? And that's just on drip coffee, right? So one of the things that I've seen beautifully is why not consumers? Let the consumers be. It's what it is, what it is. But when I look at a restaurant owner that he's been in the neighborhood for a while, he has his established patrons, his regulars, right? And most of them retirees and they just come out and hang out and it's a, you know, endless cup of coffee. And when I see them 
make a intentful decision to say, let's put your coffee in front of them. And 10 out of them chooses our coffee over quality and taste. And then he decides to go on specialty coffee. He raises the price from 225 to 350. And these same patrons, right, his regulars don't even bat an eye. They're actually celebrating the fact. And as I see 12 months and 18 months goes by and I see what I delivered to him as far as coffee and I seen it grow by 300%, right? That's a big success. That's what gets me going up every single morning. I don't see that with consumers. This is where we see the biggest impact, which is the bottom line of restaurateurs. Let's talk about mission. How is Fuente Coffee helping and empowering restaurant owners and operators during what are still really difficult times? Right. We'll take, for example, a woman restaurant owner, and she might have one location, and she might started her restaurant right before the pandemic. And let's just add to that, even she's a woman of color, for example. We like to empower them, educate them, but also put them in, in a right place in the market. So what I like to do personally is I like to extend to them a price point because we're a wholesale operation, right? We're a wholesale business and volume has to do with everything. But I know she's a single location. I know her volume, it's not that of a restaurant group that has 13 locations. Well, guess what, Josh? we give her the price of a restaurant group of 13 locations. That's great, man. What are your goals for the next 12 months? And what does success look like today? So I think the next 12 months, what we'd like to do is continue to engage restaurant owners and chefs. We'd like to continue to add value as a partner, either saving the money. If we can't do both, we're the ones that shy away from the conversation. We really push on that and continue to just get the word out that, hey, guys, there's money to be made in coffee. Let's have a friendly chat and just continue to bring that awareness and champion the cost of specialty coffee. And then I want to round out in a personal place. So we're both humans. We're both entrepreneurs. And there's always this chasm between how we think it's going to go versus how it actually goes. And I know that this has been a long road for you, right? Many ups, many downs. How is it going? How do you feel about the project? Are you as enthused as you've always been? And how has the process met your expectations over time? Well, it's been an interesting thing for us because we kind of started not with the specialty coffee project back at Origin and whatnot, because that started about six years ago. And my partners and I collectively have over 50 years experience in specialty coffee. But we started right after the pandemic and kind of walking through that sludge. And I just feel like at times it's things that we've never seen or experienced that things that I cannot go back on my own life experience and say, okay, I'll draw from this. I'm almost have had to get self-motivation and inspiration daily and particularly walking through all of these things that affect all of our clients as well. Like, you know, coming down from Sacramento and some of the things that they impose on restaurant owners and whatnot. So I think that's been very difficult on us for us and adjusting constantly. But I feel that we're all in the same proverbial boat. So there's nothing special to us, so to speak, that has not happened to other people. And so I think in that regard, it's not where I'm so happy where it's been. But we celebrate every little victory and every big victory and everything in between. We're working with different vertical markets, but we're also learning on the way adjusting and adapting. I think we're constantly 
adjusting, but keeping our motivation up for sure. That's Emilio Cervantes. For more on Fuente Coffee, visit FuenteCoffeeCo.com. If you want to tell us your story, hear previous episodes, or check out our other content, go to restaurants.yelp.com forward slash full comp. Thank you so much for listening to the show. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please leave us a review. A special thanks to Yelp for helping us spread the word to the whole hospitality community. I'm Josh Kopel. You've been listening to Full Comp.